Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 2, Connor. Olivan sped ahead of them and leapt onto the dirt road, winding parallel to the sloshing river and the swath of bountiful fields drowning in the rain. Homesteads dotted the land, and while Connor spotted stables where they could take shelter, Olivan was too far ahead of them to flag down, and running through the thick, wet fields of corn and wheat with Riona in tow didn't appeal either. Ahead, across the two-carriage bridge, was Drohoven, one of the main settlements in the southern part of the continent. They hurried across the wide, arching bridge and found themselves among orderly houses on well-kept streets, branching off in multiple right-angle directions. A single-carriage cobblestone road followed the river upstream, deeper into the town. Had it not been raining, Connor would have taken the time to find the landmarks he'd read about in books and heard about from travelers. The school, where he would have attended had his parents not schooled him at home. The famed, domed structures that protected important buildings and wealthy manors from fey attack during the war, some of which were still standing. He could smell the marsh further upstream by the Hovenminger River, a tributary to the river they'd been following through Stovall's Wood called the Neverwater. Everything about Drohoven exhilarated Connor. It was not the strangely quiet, burnt, grassy fields that made up all of Ashdown. Drohoven held opportunity, knowledge, and a chance to learn more. Surely we've passed the stable by now, Riona shouted over the pattering of rain on cobblestone. The idea of going to a stable and abandoning Oliven made him more uncomfortable than his rain-soaked clothes. He wasn't about to let Oliven out of his sight. Who knew what he would do? Up ahead, Oliven seemed to know his way around the rain-laden streets and forking lanes of Drohoven. Oliven gleefully took in the signs of businesses cropping up on the streets, which were tightly packed with buildings several stories tall. The majority of Drohoven citizens had the good sense to escape the rain, so the streets were mercifully empty. Those who had been caught outside unawares ran with their heads down, faces shielded, and paid no mind to the three strangers, equally unprepared for the sudden downpour. Oliven slowed, head bobbing back and forth, and glanced back at Connor with his eyebrows raised in question. See anything you like? None of these businesses were stables, not exactly. They were inns and restaurants, though Connor detected the faint smell of manure. One or more of these inns likely had stables attached. 
Connor repeatedly wiped his eyes of the rain, ever conscious of Riona as he led her closer to one of the larger buildings with a beckoning door. Oversaturated peonies and pots guarded the entrance to an imposing inn. The brown trim around the large windows had been recently repainted, though the door, carved with a family crest, seemed hundreds of years old, possibly as old as Drohoven itself, which didn't surprise Connor. The wooden sign, creaking with the whipping wind, read, The Tenley Coaching House and Inn. I think my father talked about this place. Olivan said confidently and loudly as he hurried towards the building, peering in the large windows. The curtains were drawn, though every time Olivan pressed his face against the glass pane, he smudged his view further. Undeterred, he went to the door and tried the handle, and finding it locked, he rapped loudly. Come on, let's get dry! Connor, this isn't somewhere we can buy horses discreetly. Riona said testily. She squinted into the rain, looking for a sign. It says it's a coaching house, a kind of inn, he explained. I know what a coaching house is. True, said his power, and realizing he was reading her, she escaped his grip and took a cautious step away from the door. There must be a back way in. They'll have stables and that's all we need. Olivan, his patience wearing thin, knocked on the door again. Hello, are you open? He called. He sneered to Connor, irritated. Why is this locked? Don't they want our business? I don't want their... Riona started, and the door flew open, and Connor's stomach sank. A woman no older than his parents answered the door. He noted her vibrant patterned skirt first, offset with her pristinely white silk blouse and a pocketed apron tied securely around her waist. She was bald and her sharp brown gaze whipped over them, judging their worthiness to enter her establishment. Her round face, while pleasant and welcoming, belied suspicion as she regarded the three of them, drenched and filthy from their time spent in the woods. Connor wiped away a dripping curl from his face and put on his best smile, hoping he didn't look like a fugitive. Yes? She asked expectantly. Do you want a room, or are you just looking for shelter from the rain? Both, Olivan replied the loudest, far exceeding Riona's quiet plea for just shelter. Connor frowned, and Riona paled even more. They didn't want a room. They had to keep moving. Besides, they couldn't afford accommodation for the three of them. Hesitantly, the innkeeper stepped back to widen the doorway and gestured for them to hurry inside. He registered the fireplace first and felt the dissonance of wanting to warm himself and the urge to flee to safety from the smell of the fiery logs burning. The memory of the flames that turned his home to ashes was far too fresh. Two comfy chairs faced the fireplace, adorned thoughtfully with checkered blankets and a well-thumbed book, potentially one his parents had printed. All that was missing was the week's news, but as he wiped hair from his face, 
He saw the broadsheet, neatly folded and tucked away beneath a thin side table, resting against a pew-style seating for a long table. This was not any old inn for the weary traveler, Connor realized, and his stomach sank further as he took in the shorter, cushioned benches and the weighty, staunch tables lining the windowed walls. The tables were set with white linens and dinnerware in anticipation of the upcoming evening meal. This was not the kind of place for fugitives from imperial law. For Connor, the heaviness of the decor and the formality of the space reminded him strangely of the library. This place seemed far too exquisite to dine in, although unlike the library, eating here at the inn would not earn the wrath of Nora and Donak Dhamma. He felt pulled in two directions. His face felt hot as Riona's gaze settled upon him and he returned her worried look. He noticed how she marked the exits, a door on the far left, covered stairs tucked into their right, and of course, the door behind them, back into the lashing rain. So, the innkeeper said expectantly, as she eased herself behind a large counter space functioning as a reception desk and stand-up bar. Fine glassware and ornate tankards lined the wall shelves behind her, beside a closed door, and a locked wall cabinet. How long were you planning to stay with us here in Drahoven? Uh, at least until tomorrow, Oliven said hurriedly, creating wet footprints on the wooden planks as he strutted for the desk and leaned on it with his soaked clothing. We'll uh, need to dry off and uh, consider our next move now that our plans have been interrupted. Connor curled his lips. No. He wasn't about to let Oliven control the narrative of where they were going and why. Before Riona could stop him, Connor joined Oliven at the counter, taking pains to roll up his drenched sleeves and swipe away the droplets created by Oliven's presence. We were held up by the sickle and scav in Stovall's wood, Connor said in an apologetic attempt to explain their ruddy appearances. The innkeeper's lips parted in sympathy. They've been in real trouble recently. Were you hurt? Anything taken? Her gaze narrowed at the three of them once more. Just our pride. Connor's cheeks flushed. It wasn't a complete lie. Participating in this charade was exhilarating. Perhaps they could get away with this after all. Why hide in the stables like fugitives when they could hide here in plain sight? They were just three friends, traveling to the capital for their tower entrance exams. Certainly they were not criminals, guilty of a dozen odd crimes, and certainly they were not persons of note to any marauding revolutionists. Our finer wardrobe items were also taken. A few valuables that we didn't hide. Our rations... Riona added softly. She never looked at the innkeeper directly. There was a standoffish air about her as she kept her attention on anything except the innkeeper. She was good at this. She had to be. This seemed to ease the innkeeper's suspicions. Ah, not to worry. At Russ's scissors and lace, just one street over, Russ and his protege will fix you up with the season's finest— 
Tell him you're staying here. You'll get a good price. She smiled warmly. Will that be two rooms? Three? One, Riona said curtly. Then, noticing how the harshness of her tone had landed on the innkeeper, she continued, Until our plans can be remade, we'll make do with just one. That's not a problem, the innkeeper replied, with far less judgment than Connor had anticipated. Though it is an extra charge per person, depending on how many cots we'll need to set up. Connor's gaze slid to Riona, and his cheeks reddened more deeply. Thankfully, Olivan cut in. My uh, friend and I can share a larger bed, so uh, just one cot for his cousin. She's from the Drottitched Isle, visiting. Olivan grinned knowingly at Connor. This was the lie Connor had initially fed Olivan just days ago when he had met Riona. Ah, from the Isle. Yes, I see now. The innkeeper's eyes flashed with interest upon Riona's features. Her pale lavender skin, larger-than-average violet eyes, and high-pronounced cheekbones and pointed chin. Everything human-seeming at the barest of glances, until, enchanted by her appearance, one started to take in the finer details, and other questions emerged. Such a shame you've experienced unpleasantness here on the continent, the innkeeper continued. There's unpleasantness everywhere, Riona replied cryptically. On that we can certainly agree. Now, if you'll allow me, I can take your wet cloaks and hang them just in the kitchen. It's the warmest place in the house and they will dry quicker. Of course, Olivan said pleasantly, while Riona said, No, thank you. Riona's voice cut the air thickly, almost hypnotically. Connor's feet tingled. Magic, or the genesis of a spell, one that could be poignantly felt by any adept. He wanted to reach for her, tell her don't coerce this person. We don't need to. But it wasn't a regular kind of magic. The innkeeper's face paled as she regarded Riona freshly, perhaps even with a little discomfort, suspicion. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by Stars in Her Eyes, book one of the Sparkstone Saga. Superpowered teens fight a secret alien invasion in Alberta, Canada, in this fast-paced adventure by author Claire C. Marshall. Read the prologue in the first three chapters for free at sparkstonesaga.com. That's sparkstonesaga.com. And now... Wingtorn continues. That the Fae could control humans was foolishness, despite whatever Oliven had told him. Whether it was her haunting beauty, her youth, or something magical, Riona did have a darkly enchanting way that Connor feared she would use to get whatever she wanted. That's ridiculous, he scolded himself. She was just a young woman with considerable power. 
His face reddened more as he thought about it. She was just as anxious as the rest of them to have this interaction be over, right? No, thank you. Riona rephrased, and at once the discomfort in the air disappeared, sucked away by the most endearing smile one Connor had not seen from her before. My cloak, although ratty to you, is a family keepsake with emotional value. I must keep it, especially after what has happened. Oh, said the innkeeper, nodding slowly, though still uncertain. Of course, I would not dare to come between you and your family. Now she was smiling warmly again, eager to smooth over the awkwardness. I'm Yvonne Tenley. My sister Selen and I own this coaching house. She cooks and I take care of the guests. So allow me to show you to your room. She produced a ring of keys from her apron pocket and opened the wall cabinet, revealing rows of room keys. After considering, she plucked one from the collection, but appeared to change her mind about leaving it on the counter. I'll just give you a moment as I notify my sister we have guests for the evening. Smiling, she disappeared, keys in hand, out the door on the other side of the pub. We're leaving, Riona said, making for the front door. No, that's way too suspicious. Olivan moved quickly to secure the front door with his body, which only infuriated Riona further. Don't you want somewhere to rest? Have a real meal? With what, Ergid? Connor cut in. We can trade with what we got from the scavs, but we can't... What is wrong with you? Riona hissed at Olivan, interrupting Connor. You act as if this is a holiday. Maybe I'm just trying to make the best of a bad situation for all of us. His wide gesture included Connor. Riona sneered at him. This is life or death for me. You're being dramatic, Olivan scoffed. She's not, Connor said, leaning forward. Do you even know why Drohoven exists? Its history with the Fae, or rather, extreme lack thereof? Olivan made a dismissive noise. Here we go, another lecture from Chief Magistrate Connor Dunmaw, everyone. Although the thought of becoming a magistrate touched a deep ache in Connor, he gritted his teeth and continued. Drohoven was founded by nobles fleeing the capital. I say fleeing because they were afraid of the Fae who had begun to settle the continent just after amends were made from the first contact war. The nobles took their fortune and planted themselves here in the south, in the marsh next to the river. The land provided even more sources for trade and prosperity. They created fashion and culinary dishes, and they opened apothecaries. And in the war with the Fay Queen, he side-eyed Riona cautiously, but she nodded for him to continue. The humans successfully held this town off from siege. Many other places in the southern half of the continent suffered immensely from Fay raids. Some places even had Fay refugees, not Drohoven. And do you know why? Olivan fumed as he turned an accusatory finger on his friend. Why don't you just tell... 
You both like Drohoven so much, you can stay, Riona interrupted. The scent of roses slid up Connor's nose. She slapped her palm, sizzling with magic, on the door, startling Olivin. I will be around back, procuring the... The other door opened briskly as Yvonne Tenley reappeared and crossed the room, returning to the counter. I've let her know about dinner. We're expecting many local folks tonight as well as other travelers. People should be arriving soon and the rooms will fill up from here, so you're lucky you've arrived now. I'll be happy to take your deposit. Exchanging an apologetic look with Riona, Connor took a deep breath and faced the innkeeper solemnly. Actually, Miss Tenley, we don't have any problem giving you a deposit. Olivin, to Connor's horror, reached into Connor's pocket and produced a gold coin nicked from the scavs, as well as a sodden wad of paper airjid from his trousers. This should uh, cover everything, I suspect, including hot water, if that could be brought to the room. I know I'd enjoy a quick wash before dinner. You had that on you this whole time? Connor demanded, disgusted by the thickness and the wetness of the paper currency. Astonished, but amused, Tenley thumbed the paper money, but was more interested in the defaced golden coin. Gold coins had fallen out of favor as currency after the war, but they still had inherent value. She held it to a lantern resting on the counter and bit down on the coin for good measure. Pleased with its authenticity, she pocketed the coin and considered Olivin with renewed interest. It seems you've pulled one over on the scarves. You can say that again. You lead the way. Olivin gestured to the stairs, and charmed, the innkeeper eagerly flitted upstairs. Before Connor could follow to supervise Olivin and prevent any other illicit purchases, Riona took Connor carefully by the arm. Dinner. Then we figure out how to get out of here. All right? I'm with you, he said. listening to Wingtorn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn theme music was composed by Cloud Road Music, and additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com. <laughs>